Welcome into your betting preview for this week's Bermuda Championship. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, good to see you, bud. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Um, Bermuda week. It is. Uh, have you looked at the weather by any chance uh, that we have coming in for this week? I was looking at it yesterday. Uh, I was mostly looking at the wind. I, I didn't really get a look at like temperatures or if rain was in the forecast, but I was scouting out the wind on a Monday. What do we What do we see? Anything crazy? Yeah. Um, well, we have a tropical disturbance coming in, which is from what I've heard, uh, kind of like a little bit lower tier than a tropical storm. So it's not quite a tropical storm yet, although um, they did mention on the weather report, kind of the news snippet that I was watching that it has the potential to be a tropical storm. And if it is a tropical storm, they already have a name for it, which is Lisa. So that's probably not a good sign that they already have a name queued up for a potential tropical storm. But right now we're still in disturbance territory. They've pre-named it. That's, that's right. I think they're pretty confident with that. They've right. got Lisa. They've, they're ready to go with Lisa. They've got the articles written. They've got uh, the anchors briefed. Hey, Lisa's on her way. Don't call her. Don't call it that yet, but be prepared. Right, right. So <laughs> look, I mean, it is... Um, a true who can say situation, obviously, but uh, you look through it and we're getting pretty steady rain and wind gusts up to 30 mile per hour for the next, basically through Monday afternoon. Um, so even if there were some delays, it's the type of tournament that they wouldn't even really be able to finish up on Monday. Uh, very curious to see how this all breaks down this week, Rick. Awesome. So there's like a non-zero chance that everything we talk about in the next 30 minutes is completely irrelevant when this tournament gets 20 holes in and they just cancel it. I would say <laughs> way higher than non-zero <laughs> chance, Rick. I, I, I was, you know, I, I played in Ireland about a month ago in, you know, wind and rain. Once you get past 30 mile per hour gusts, Rick, which is what you see a little bit here, at least on Friday afternoon, Saturday and Sunday, you know, then you get balls starting to roll off the greens, right. uh, very, very unpleasant situation. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't really stop until Monday evening. So I don't know how keen the tour is, or these players are on extending this event into a Tuesday or, you know, during the fall swing in, in Bermuda. So, uh, we shall see, we shall see, but I think what it will provide is at least another interesting added wrinkle. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on the weather as we get closer to Thursday morning. Also, before we jump into the betting board, I'm ready to declare myself a hashtag market mover, Andy, because, uh, <laughs> I tweeted this out just a couple of minutes before we went hot. So there was very clearly an odds error on DraftKings. They've got these top five finishing parlays. Uh, they've got Rogers and McCarthy to both finish inside the top five. That's 30 to one power and Aaron Rye to both finish inside the top five. That's 40 to one. And then Thomas Dietrich and Russell Knox have finished inside the top five, 130 to one. It's wrong. I mean, go and look at their top five numbers, uh, put them together, use a parlay calculator. It should be closer to 40 to one. Like these other ones are, what do you do when you see something as egregiously wrong as this? I bet it. I also probably bet it too much. And, 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 you know, look, it, it, we see this from time to time where, whether it's a DraftKings intern or whatever, this happens a couple times a year where there is a clear mistake. And I always end up 
rushing to get down way too much money on it than I need to. It's still, you know, you're still taking a pretty sizable risk on that. What is it? Knox and Dietrich? Yeah, it's supposed to be like 40 to one. So you're still taking like you're still not right. going to win this. <laughs> right, right, right. So I would say you got to bet it, but I would not say throw throw your life savings on it. Yeah. So I don't have access to DraftKings. So what I did is I just tweeted it out. Uh, and within moments, guys were getting limited, which is also such like a like, come on, like here's uh, here's Leon who got limited to a 13 cent. Yeah. That's the worst. Pays out 17. Either take the action or don't. Don't. This is such bad sports book etiquette. And unfortunately, we see it kind of more and more. Uh, it only took, I mean, some guys got like 10 bucks down on it. Some guy, I think somebody got like 50 bucks down on it. And then now it's, it, there's nothing on the board right now. But th the this is, sports books should be called out more for doing garbage stuff like this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't really understand what, the point is because then you're just going to have people upset, take screenshots about how they're limited to 13 cents. I mean, I, I I've never been in that situation situation before where I was limited by a sports book. Um, I don't think I bet big enough in the first place for me to even be on their radar, even if I did get super hot, but, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, do they even email you or it's just like, Hey, good morning. This is your max bet today. No, I think they just do it like as you're putting that bet in and it goes. So some of it goes to what I saw on, and again, I don't have access to draft games, but from people sending me screenshots, it's like, Hey, I put this bet in and then it goes to, it goes, uh, instead of going in immediately, it goes under review by one of our traders. And then they can either come back and say, here's your bet limit, 13 cents joke, or we're not accepting, or that's no longer available or something like that. Right. Right. But Did this they is have it's a six billion dollar company. They can take like, um, <laughs> they can take like three hundred dollars worth of bets on something that should be forty to one and pay out three times on it. Right. Well, do you subscribe to the theory that when the sports book has a bad week, whether it be in NFL or and and when I say bad week, it's all relative, right? Like, I don't think a sports book ever really has a bad week. Um, but <laughs> but do you ever do you buy into the notion that? On the following week, if they get quote unquote killed, that's when you see worse odds and they tend to be a little bit more restrictive and conservative. I would have normally said no, because you're right. Like, dude, sports books don't go out of business, right? Unless right. it's just like you could not get enough users. Like if you have users, you're just printing money in every, and you're playing the long game here, right? Like one getting killed in one week of NFL action. Yeah, that's going to hurt for one week, but like, let's play the long game here. But then I've realized who like, the people who run these and the decisions that they make are generally quite bad. So I would not be surprised if they were actually adjusting lines the week after they got killed. Right. Interesting. Well, speaking of odds, we have some, we'll say, interesting ones this week uh, at our hands for the Bermuda. Yeah, here's the uh, here's the grid uh, via odds checker, which shows you where all the best lines are available. And there are some pretty decent discrepancies, but the names at the top of the board are not normally the names you would see at the top of the board. So you got to kind of reset a little bit and realize it's ugly. The OWGR strength of field, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, but one of these guys is going to win the golf tournament, Andy. I don't know who it's going to be. We can chat through that. But someone is going to hoist the trophy. Someone's going to get an invite to the majors, and they're going to, you know, get all their everything that comes with a victory on the PGA Tour. Right. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, we can quibble about who is the deserving favorite in this field. They have to make someone the favorite, right? It's, it's, it's really not Denny McCarthy's fault. I know he's won absolutely nothing in his career. You could make a pretty strong argument for a couple other players to be ahead of him, but you got it. They're not going to put out odds where the lowest guy is 28, 30 to one. Now, with that being said, um, I do think there are some good names in the 30 range. You know, I started my card this week with Aaron Rye, mm. who is a player that probably has a bigger win uh, at the Scottish Open, which, by the way, very, very windy conditions um, than any of the players that he is priced around, right? And and I think this is a guy that um, has been hitting his irons great recently, right? He's coming off a pretty decent finish at the Zozo. And prior to that, he gained like seven strokes on a pros in his last um, shot look start. So I think Rye, I probably, if all of these guys are in the mix down the stretch, I probably trust Rye the most, especially if conditions get on the worst side and it turns a little bit more into a grind fest than it does a birdie fest. I'd probably turn my attention to Aaron Rye. Yeah, so Aaron Rye, 30 to 1. The guys who are shorter are Denny McCarthy at 18, Hubbard and Seamus Power at 25, Adrian Moronk at 28, Thomas Dietrich at 29. I haven't made a bet yet, but I don't think I'll bet any of those guys shorter than 30. The only one that I think is interesting is Dietrich, if you get the right number on him, because he's 18 to 1 in some places. He's 29 to 1 in others. Obviously, a big difference when you start tallying those up at the end of the day. But you're right. I think I think this kind of 30 to 40, right? I, I'll, I'll end up betting... Robbie Shelton. Robbie Shelton's just kind of under under respected. Uh, had a couple of wins on the on the Corn Ferry last year. He's playing well to start uh, this this new season. I'll pull up his golfer profile here. Um, he's he's a solid player. Like that that is a, a click I'm comfortable making. Not because I think oh my god Robbie Shelton's going to barnstorm this field, but he's proven the win equity. He's 40 to one. I'm looking around at his neighbors and his peers here, and I'm not getting particularly excited. So that's, that's kind of the first name, but this 30 to 40 range does offer some, um, some interesting options. Yeah. Alex Smalley is another guy, but by the way, I definitely endorse the Shelton play. He's another guy on my radar, but Alex Smalley is another guy that has my attention, at least in the sense that he turns into like Tiger Woods the second you put him on a coastal bad field course, right? He's um, he's been great at Corrales. He's got a runner up at Corrales. He's been great. He contended at uh, the Mexico tournament that was won by John Rahm last year, uh, and he's had some really great success on Bermuda as well. It's really the iron play that really scares me. That is like the one big major red flag. That's probably the reason why I haven't pulled the trigger yet as you see he lost over two strokes on approach in every single measured start this year and it (laughs) seems to be getting worse before it's getting better you know what else was interesting to me too and i gotta say i am so glad that i have rick run good for this and that um we have started to implement the euro stats you were talking about dietrich too i was gearing up monday morning ready to go ready to bet thomas dietrich and then I didn't even know he was playing the Andalusia Masters, and he has this completely out of character performance, worst ball striking performance I think like of his career. Probably. So when when somebody does something like that where it's just so out of character, do you basically say to yourself, okay, 
complete blip on the Raider. Let's look at the <laughs> long-term form. Or is this a situation where it's like, Hey man, if I'm betting somebody at 18 to one, I want that case to be bulletproof. And that's enough of a red flag for me to be a little bit concerned. Yeah. I generally forgive quickly and say, this is just a blip on the radar, but I have zero data and zero like numbers to back that up. I think that's just my personality is like, ah, that's not going to happen again, but I don't really have anything to, to go off of more than me just forgiving him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will say, and I, again, this is somewhat anecdotal, um, but I have looked at it before when a player generally has a uncharacteristically bad performance in something that they are long-term good at. For example, when Denny McCarthy has a bad putting week, he usually putts really well the next week. Um, I would say that it's probably more likely than not that Dietrich bounces back given his long-term baseline. But again, if you're betting these guys at 18 to one this week, you're looking for pretty much anything that you can find to narrow it down. Yeah. My, my, um, my first two clicks, so I haven't made them yet, but they're likely to be Robbie Shelton at 40 and then Adam Shank at 45. I, yeah. I want to get your thoughts, Andy, because this is a T12 in Las Vegas for Adam Shank. It's a T16 at the Zozo. Um, those are his last two starts. I mean, we've got guys that are fresh off the corn Ferry tour. We've got guys that couldn't even qualify for the Zozo or the CJ cup or anything like that. So how much are you putting on some of these better finishes in much stronger fields than what's going to show up in Bermuda this week. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot. And Shank is another guy that I I've bet Shank as well. I got him, I think at 55 to one, I like mm. him all the way down to 40, 45. Um, one thing, and I harp on this a lot, Rick, but one thing that I talk about when I'm looking for players, whether it be in this case, in a bad field or on a regular week in the six K range, the one thing that I look for in terms of players that like are objectively not that great at golf yet is can they spike on approach? Do they have at least some sort of upside with their irons? Because to me, that is the most predictive stat in terms of becoming a good sustainable, having a good sustainable career on the PGA tour is iron play. And Adam Shank is a player that hasn't really figured out all the parts of his game, not really a model of consistency still has like a really objectively poor short game, but you look at his iron play and he gains over five on approach, like a fair amount. And a lot of guys that are priced around him don't even have that in their arsenal. So I am pretty high on Adam shake long-term. Um, and I think that is a fantastic bet this week. If you like the weighted strokes gained angle of this, where it does consider strength of field and course and every, you know, the peers that they're playing against, uh, last 36 rounds, Thomas Dietrich's number one, Denny McCarthy's number two, Adam Shank number three. So uh, take that for, for what it's worth. If that's something that interests you, it's, it's available. Uh, going down further than this, um, now we're starting to make some some leaps of faith here, it feels like. Andy, you know, we've got um, Brandon Wu, who hasn't played particularly well, as short as 33, as long as 50. Will Gordon, who's actually, just in terms of just raw strokes, he has been a lot better, 55 to 1. Uh, Chesson Hadley, talk about guys who can pop from time to time, 66 to 1. Is there a bet to kind of be made in this range? Oh, yeah. Um, I like Will Gordon and Chesson Hadley. I have bet both of those players. Um, Will Gordon, uh, I imagine, will be pretty popular this week, Rick. He's already a guy that I feel like has gotten some 
attention and steam in our kind of neck of the woods in the fantasy and betting space. And the reason for that is he hits the ball an absolute mile off the tee. And while I'm a little bit cooler probably than most on the narrative that distance really, really matters this week, he does fit that mold of a Taylor Pendrith, a Wyndham Clark, where if he is driving the ball great, he will be in the mix on a golf course like this, where everybody's kind of missing the fairway for such a short course. It's still a pretty driver heavy course. And as you can see, he's had a really, really consistent start to this season. So I'm a, I'm a big buyer on Will Gordon this week. Yeah. Three starts, three cuts made all 44th or better. And he's gained 10, 11 strokes in the ball striking categories. And if you look at everybody in this field over the last 24 rounds, no matter what tour they've played on raw strokes gained, Will Gordon, Robbie Shelton, 1.5 each. That's the best two marks in the field. Um, and then Chesson Hadley, I love, I love Chesson Hadley's profile and I want to get your thoughts on this because, um, Hadley is in this conversation and so is, Callum Tarrant, who's also okay. in this range. Actually, Callum Tarrant's actually probably a better example of this, where this guy's all over the place, right? Yeah. So when he makes the cut, he finishes inside the top 27. When he doesn't play well, he misses the cut. And he can gain four on approach or lose four. He can gain seven with the putter, literally lose seven with the putter. So when you start modeling this guy, Andy, it, it, it becomes more difficult because he ends up being like a neutral golfer. But you kind of want to know about the pop week. So what I was thinking about doing is adding something to the custom model or adding something to the website where it's like percentage of rounds X or, you know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to be able to see that Callum Terran pops and can finish inside the top 10, as opposed to just looking at his averages and being like, ah, this guy's like a zero. Right. It's basically like uh, an upside calculator, right? Yeah. Like you're basically right. calculating um, and, and I, obviously I think that's going to be very use. I mean, these are the types of guys that I'm looking for in DraftKings as well, uh, especially if I'm playing GPPs, but especially in the outright market, like to win a golf tournament, you essentially need to gain at the bare minimum, 12 strokes on the field at the bare minimum, right? right. Usually sometimes a little bit more, right? And so what's the pathway to 12 strokes gained, right? And there are a lot of players that every single week, they are plus one across the board or minus one across the board or plus two across the board or minus two across the board. There's no pathway to winning a golf tournament that way. There's none. But the players that actually have an easier path is the type of guy that one week is plus six on approach. Maybe he's minus five off the tee that week, but the next week he's plus five around the green. Maybe he's minus five putting that week as well. But you need to be able to create a pathway for each of these guys and say, okay, what is the scenario where Callum Tarum wins this golf tournament? Well, the scenario is probably if he gains five strokes off the tee. Has he done that before? Check. Okay. We have that box checked off, right? So that is kind of the way that I don't think enough people look at outright betting, right? Where you need to figure out what is a conceivable pathway with these golfers to 12, 13, 14 strokes gained on the field. I love that idea. I, um, I I'm all in on that. The, 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 the second place finish and the 102nd place finish pay out exactly the same in the outright markets. It gets you absolutely nothing. So we got to find the ability to get to the top of the board. When we start looking a little bit deeper than that, we start to get into some of the, the younger guys here, right? Austin Eckrode and maybe Austin uh, Smotherman. I know you've been 
looking at Kevin Yu's stat profile <laughs> this week, 90 to one, right? I mean, we're starting to get into that range where if you thought it was scary before, it's, it's even scarier now. Yeah, no, we were emailing about Kevin Yu earlier this week. And I, here's the thing. This is the type of week. And to be honest, there's, there has not been much predictive value in this tournament to begin with, Rick. Like, uh, I believe Brendan Todd, the first year that he won, he had missed like three or four cuts. Brian Gay, the year that he won, he had missed four cuts in a row. Even Lucas Herbert missed his first two cuts to start the season. So if there's a guy that you have a macro buy on, that you have been playing in the 6K range every single week, um, I have a lot of those guys. Kevin Yu is one of them. Austin Smotherman is another one of them. Like, those are the guys that you should bet this week, right? Because they're, you're not going, they're not going, if you really believe they're good, this is probably the best percentage chance that they have to win a golf tournament this year. So yeah, the two guys, probably once you get past 50 that had my attention the most were Kevin, you and Austin Smotherman. But yeah, there are a lot of interesting names that you can make a case for down here. Yeah. The, the Kevin, you, the it's, I mean, he's gained like 13 strokes ball striking in, it's 10 rounds because he missed the cut at the Fortinet. Um, he's also like a, like he had, he played four years at Arizona state and is second to only John Rahm in basically every right. Arizona state stat, right? It's birdies. It's scoring average. It's whatever. And this is a, a school that, that produced Paul Casey and Phil Mickelson and um, Ches Reavy and like a bunch of other like PGA tour players. And Kevin, Yu was like, ah, yeah, I'll just go and be second to John Rahm in scoring average. So obviously a different type of pedigree. And now he gets himself on the PGA tour full time. Um, these are true bombs, Andy. I mean, have we have we drawn a line? Have we drawn a line on this field yet? Or does Vincent Norman at 130 to one have a chance? Does Michael Kim, uh, who's actually struggling again at 150 to one, have a chance? Like, is there a bomb of all bombs to make this week? Um, yes. I there's not a bad bet past 100 to one that you can make on this board in this tournament. I ended things with Ben Griffin, who is, I believe, I got him at 120 to one. Um, this is a guy that, although we have a very limited sample size on my numbers seem to suggest that he's like the second coming of Tiger Woods. I mean, this is a guy that, um, in basically his second start ever on the PGA tour finished top five at the Wyndham, which is another wedge heavy Bermuda shorter golf course. And, uh, he backed it up with a pretty decent start to this season as well. Again, like for me, Rick, I'm looking for players that have shown potential with their irons very early on in their career. Ben Griffin is a guy that gained over six strokes on approach at the Sanderson sign me up, right? Like that is something that I can get down with 10 times out of 10. The off the tee seems to be a bit of an issue. I think that off the tee is a little bit devalued on this course. Like this is the uh, farthest down that I would take my chances on is Ben Griffin. I want to take a second to talk about athletic greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG1 as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning. And I know what you're thinking, a green 
drink like trust me i've i've tried all of them and most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them which is not great most smell horrible i'll i'll admit all of that uh athletic greens for me bucks that trend it's smooth there's there's no chunks the smell is is just fine and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when i take it at 5:30 in the morning it's legit 75 high quality vitamins probiotics and adaptogens so it's no surprise that i'm actually feeling better and when i rattle off the benefits it sounds like it's going to be really expensive uh, it's quite reasonable it comes out to about $3 a day and i tell my wife all the time there is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, so if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of um, immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, visit athleticgreens.com slash 300 yards. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 300 yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, I've got to get it. I got to get Ben Griffin a headshot on rickrungood.com. I'll have to update that. We're in, we're in a generic golfer territory on his golfer profile page. So we'll have to. Right, right. <laughs> He's a, I've seen it before. There's one on PGATour.com that I saw. He's a, he's a North Carolina guy. He's a Chapel Hill guy. I think he's like 25, 26 years old. Um, all right. Let's talk a little about matchups here. So here are the matchups available at, uh, I've got DraftKings and I've got Bet365 up. I'll just kind of start here. I think I'm, this hurts to say because I'm such <laughs> a huge Seamus Power fan, but I think I'd be finding matchups against Seamus Power right about now. Now, he is uh, plus one, plus 100 for SH Kim to Seamus Power's minus 120. If you go to bet 365, Aaron Rye is plus 100 to Seamus Power's minus 120. This is just a stat profile that like screams concern for me when you've lost strokes on approach as as frequently and as in the large amounts that Seamus Power has. Like I'm I'm terrified of this. I'm with you. I don't think he's playable right now. I mean, you're basically What's the argument? The, the only argument that I could see to playing somebody who appears to be from a statistical standpoint that lost with his irons right now with no signs of life, right? Like if this was, if you reversed his number from the Shriners and CJ cup, right. And he went from like minus seven to minus 0.1, then I could say, okay, here's something to hang your hat on. But no, um, it appears to be getting worse before it's getting better. So I'm with you. I think Seamus Power is a fade right now. If you want to talk about super low ownership as a leverage play in DraftKings, okay, maybe we can start talking. But in terms of the matchup markets, yeah, I, I'm i out on Seamus too, which is a shame because I think if Seamus is in like B-minus form, he's probably the favorite in this field, right? Probably the best player in the field when he's, yeah, when he's yeah. playing remotely close. Um, also, you said it's such a shame. You missed the opportunity to say it's such a Seamus. That's that's on you. Tough, Huge tough miss by me right there. That was a layup. Yeah, that was. Um, anyone that you feel like this, what I think so interesting about this field is there's a lot of unknowns in the field, and with weather and this golf course, like I think the range of outcomes is pretty is pretty sizable. Is there a golfer that you're comfortable saying, okay, 
All things considered, I know it's going to be a volatile week, but this golfer gives me enough comfort to target their side of some of these matchups. Um, well, I already talked about Aaron Rye earlier. I think that Rye over Jaeger is one that has my attention. I was looking at one. Also, Patrick Rogers is a short favorite, I believe, over Grayson Sig. Yeah, that's um, I, I do like Patrick Rogers this week for better or worse, even though that kind of sounds like acid coming out of my mouth every time you're touting Patrick Rogers. He did finish fourth here last year though. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think some of the guys that you feel a little bit safer with are some of those players, Rick, that you can see have a little bit of a higher baseline. Like you have that tool where you can measure the percentage yeah. of strokes gained just like anecdotally, uh, Mark Hubbard feels like a relatively safe play. This week, I don't know if the stats really back it up, right? But you know, they do. Those, those, those types of guys are probably the ones I'm looking to target. Yeah, Hubbard gains, and this is at least to Patrick Rogers, but we can put anybody else in. But the numbers still ring true for Mark Hubbard. Hubbard gains strokes to the field. 63% of the time, 63 of his last 100 rounds gained one or more 45% of the time, uh, yeah. which is, I mean, it's, it's more than Patrick Rogers. I mean, Mark Hubbard literally is better than Patrick Rogers in all of these categories, but you can kind of compare, uh, let's see like what Seamus power is just for like, just for absolute kicks here. Cause if we think he's, uh, you know, his hundred round baseline is probably better than most. Yeah. Look at, look at hubs hubs gets it yeah. done. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. One. And that's a good way to get down on him too. If you don't want to bet him at 18 to one. Yeah. Which <laughs> feels a bit dirty. Uh, okay. We are going to, uh, recap our one and done for last week. And we are going to, uh, chat about our one and done options for this week. Maybe I'm, we'll talk about the props briefly, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know, and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available, and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast, the Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event, and he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. All right, Andy, quickly here on props. Unfortunately, prize picks, uh, they have their highlight props up, but they do not have their golf props up as of yet. So we'll keep an eye on that. What I'll say in, in regards to props is uh, use the code Rick. Uh, go, there's a link in the description. Get signed up. Get ready to rock and roll because what I think is going to happen this week, um, the weather is going to move faster than prize picks is going oh, to Oh, yeah. Move. And understanding as that rolls in and what the scoring averages are doing over the course of a day or from day to day, they're historically not going to adjust fast enough there. So if we're paying attention and we can be on Twitter and we can be firing it out, um, that to me seems where the, like where the biggest edges are. hundred percent. I was, that was literally the first thing that I was going to say is I bet you there is a scenario where say the weather is pretty crazy, right? And they don't stop playing. We get one of those scenarios where the scoring average is like 72 or 73 or something crazy. There's a very good chance that prize picks will not have their eye on the ball. And there is an opportunity to make a ton of money. So this is something that I will be monitoring pretty closely throughout the week. I'm sure the Rick Runkood Slack channel, I'm sure people will be on it in there as well, but 
definitely keep your eyes out for prize picks because they have shown us like now it's football season, even during golf season, they're not really paying attention too much to the weather. There could be a huge opportunity for us this week. Uh, one and done you and I. So very interesting situation. Do we have the standings? Thank you very much. Okay. So last week you had Shane Lowry, 88,000. I had Terrell Hatton, 189, which moves yeah. my total to 290, you to 122. But something crazy happened, Andy, at the end of that show last week where you and I were like, you know, let's talk about Rory. Let's talk about Hatton. Let's talk about Lowry. And we kind of went back and forth. And I, I, I got in on Rory McElroy in the run and done. I did not play him against you. Lucky for you. But I got in on him in the run and done because we like we just talked it out. And I just said, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to play him. Well, get on you because for the second time in five weeks, I forgot to put in any submission. Uh, I am just really just paying the paying the paying the entry yes. fee here. Great donation. Uh, it's, Thank you. Yeah, great donation that I. I mean, it's it's still early, uh, but yeah, no, I've I've been uh, I've had I've been doing some travel and I had a friend in town last week, and there's really no excuse because they email you too. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, listen, Rory is. Uh, we could see we could see the uh, the argument for using Rory in one and done last week. We talked through it, despite it not being a major championship. Now this week, um, I don't really think that there is a need for you to go nuts and take somebody that's above fifty to one in the odds board. Now, with that being said, do you think that? chalk will kind of congregate around a single person this week and if so who do you think it would be okay so um before i pull this up i'm going to assume it's denny mccarthy because i think yeah. that of an event like this you have um really no reason to like you have the favorites who are obviously the most likely to win the golf tournament and you have no reason to ever play them again for the rest of the year uh, yeah. And when you add in Denny McCarthy, who has been generally quite good at this event, I think it is going to congregate around him. So I'm going to go to the site-wide selections here. Okay, so the two at the top. Uh, this is across every single pool on officefootballpool.com. Thomas Dietrich is 15.6%. Denny McCarthy's 13.6%. Seamus Power, 107 Those are the three above 10%. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... I... The Dietrich thing again, like I just, I don't know. I want that case to be a little bit more bulletproof. If I am taking my chances on a guy, you know, that is this low on the odds board and, you know, has this weird ball striking performance last week. Yeah. I guess this kind of makes sense to me. I think of that group brick. I think I'd probably rock with Rye or Rogers. Yeah, so I actually will in in so in this in this big run and done, I'll probably play Aaron Rye or I I might even play Adam Shank. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Like a three percent Adam Shank, who's got two top twenty finishes, and and there's kind of two there's two kind of thought processes here. These young guys who are like in their fourth PGA Tour start, who are looking to solidify themselves, or these like savvy vets who are like, all right. All the tough guys are, I just played against uh, Hideki and I just played against Victor and I just played against like all these other guys. Now I'm going to slap these nerds around. I'm Adam Shank. I'm going to win this golf tournament. I could see that path as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely. And I mean, listen, they're again, like 
I don't think that you need to get too over your skis here in terms of trying to be cute. Like you're already, I mean, all of these guys, you're probably, I mean, is there a golfer in this field where you can conceivably think that you will need to use him again? No. Or regret that you didn't use him? I don't think there's one. I mean, the only, the only scenario, and I do not think this exists, is that Seamus Power starts playing a lot better goes yeah. back to Pebble Beach where he had like a five-shot lead through 36 holes. The Pebble Beach field is absolutely atrocious. And you are like, oh, I don't know, Seamus Power is like within the top five of the betting odds here. That is the only scenario. I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't think it's like worth saving him for. Yeah, I, I, I agree too. So again, like choose your own adventure this week. I think for – did I make up any – ground on you last week or did Hatton beat no, you actually uh you lost ground lost grounds hundred thousand sick okay um I so is it you go first right yeah, I, I get to go first I okay. will take um I mean I should probably just take Danny McCarthy but I'm probably I'm not gonna do that I will take to really twist the knife Aaron Rye wow okay yeah I mean that was gonna be my guy a hundred percent I know I'm going to take another guy that I bet that we haven't, I'm going to talk, I'm going to take the next guy that is on my betting card that we haven't talked about this week, but I very much like, and that is Nick Hardy. I'm going to take mm. Nick Hardy. Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right. So Nick Hardy for Andy, I'll take Aaron Rye. Shout out to me who moved up basically 600 spots from 657 to 93rd. And shout out to these guys who already have, look at these two. Have they picked the exact same thing? They both have 4.384 million. Uh, John, J. John, and Tino. Look at collusion. This. Yeah, definitely collusion. I'm kicking them both out. Um, <laughs> Max Homa at the Fortinet, Cantlay at Shriners, and Rory at the CJ Cup. They've already got four million bucks. Did, did uh, Tino pick the same exact thing? Uh, close. They had different Zozos, I think. No, he had Xander. The first guy had Xander too. Oh, did he? Homa Burns can't lay Xander. Rory. Right. Homa Burns yeah. can't lay Xander. Rory. Collusion. Collusion. Yeah. <laughs> They're out. Sorry, guys, you're disqualified. That's pretty. That's a pretty good start. Four point three million in five weeks. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, okay, Andy. Anything else that we missed before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so, man. Um, excited, I guess. To hopefully, I, I think what I'm hoping for is like, if the weather's going to be bad, make the weather bad, right? Like, if it's going to mm. be bad, make this crazy and wild, but just crazy and wild enough where there aren't delays because that would be annoying. Yeah, I am. Uh, I will put my meteorologist cap on now and do my best for the rest of the week uh, to see what's going on in Southampton. For now, big thanks to producer Armina does all the hard work behind the scenes. Andy Lack available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's Bermuda Championship. Good luck.